This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a volunteer-based community access station. For more information, go to www.radiokidnappers.org.nz. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this program available through funding the Access Internet Radio Project. You're tuned to Radio Kidnappers, the voice of Hawke's Bay. This is a program called Real Wealth, hosted normally by the team from the Stewart Group in Hastings. It's a program all about sort of looking after your money moving forward. But today it's our very great pleasure to have back in the studio Barry Lavalley, who is from uh, from Canada. Hey, going, Barry? I'm going good, Ken. How about you? Oh, I'm great. All the better for seeing you, I must say. Now, you're a retirement specialist. Would that be the best way of describing you? I mean, does that mean you're a specialist in being retired? Or? <laughs> I, I, I would prefer to think of myself as an educator, I guess because, uh, I mean, the two big questions I ask people are, did you know, dot, 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 or have you thought about? So I'm, I'm going to say I'm an educator. Yeah. Okay, now, um, the, we're going to do two shows today, and the first one is Secrets to a Happy Retirement Are Right Here. Now, that's a, an article written by Nick Stewart from the Stewart Group. Uh, but what do you think that means? What does it mean to you? I think that in retirement we have control or we should have control over how we think and how we view the world. Mm -hmm. So when that to me is basically that when we feel like we are under control, we are able to do the things that we want. As my father would say, if it's to be, it's up to me. Yeah. So, yeah, the secrets are right here. They're right in your hand if you know what it is that you should make happen. To me, it sounds like uh, most people would suggest that, yeah, I'm in control, but you're suggesting that mon- they might not be. Why wouldn't they be? Well, unfortunately, Ken, most people aren't in control, and I guess it's because their control came from when they were working. So work controlled them. Mm. And then they get out of work, and now they have to have take on control themselves. This is actually not a natural human trait. Uh, we tend to be more other-directed than self-directed, and by that I mean that we tend to be more uh, influenced, impacted by what others think and how they feel and what they tell us to do. In retirement, the successful retirement, the happy retirement, are the things that you make yourself do, and uh, so it it becomes internal as opposed to external. Give us a couple of examples. Well, um, I have control over my attitude. Now, I could sit around and say, you know, I'm, I'm too old, and I could have people say, you really have lost your usefulness because you're no longer working and doing what you used to do. But if I have control, then I have to look at my world and my um, the kudos come back to me from myself. So it's not so much what other people think of me as far as it's, it's what I think of myself. Mm-hmm. So that would be one example. Uh, a secondary example would be that I can't just sit on a couch and wait for people to come and get me. If I want to do something, if I want to make my life go forward, I'm going to have to do that myself. And interesting, we find that singles tend to do a lot better in retirement if they become suddenly single, for example, mm. if uh, if they are self-directed. Mm. And so it's the self-directed people that do far better at this point in life. Do you find that people who retire sort of go into a bit of shell shock? You know, you've been getting out of bed, you've been going to work for 40 years, and all of a sudden one day you wake up, you're not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very, very common. And that, uh, that you know, 
results in feelings of uselessness, feelings of irrelevance, for example. And again, you have to look at yourself and go, hey, wait a minute, I still am relevant, but now I have to make myself relevant. So you could just stay in bed, which is what a lot of people do figuratively, or you could just get up and say, no, I've got this period of my life, I have an opportunity here, I'm going to try and make something out of it. How do you get your head around retiring, though, um, Barry? I mean, like I say, you work most of your life. You're in the main looking forward to being retired, and then the day comes, and then you probably will feel useless, won't you? Will you feel useless? Or have you got a big plan? No, I'm, I'm retired now, right? I mean, you're retired now. and, and it, you know, So I think we have to redefine what this is. Because if you take retirement as being a date, which is what most people do, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to retire on January yep. the 1st. Exactly. Then, then that's a date that you shoot for where theoretically or supposedly you become a new person. Mm. But that's not true. Uh, I prefer to think of retirement as a graduation into a new state of thinking. And it has nothing to do whether I work or don't work. It's, all right, from this point on, I'm in control. I can do what I want and when I want and how I want. I'm in control. If I choose to work, I'll work. But it's this feeling of being in control of my life and making it what I want. That, to me, is what it means to be retired. Mm. You're listening to Radio Kidnappers, the voice of Hawke's Bay. We're talking to Barry Lavalley all about the secrets to a happy retirement. Uh, from my point of view, um, I, I love working, but my concern when I stop working is the money side of it. So talk us through about how we can, what Nick Stewart would call, how can we create a predictable paycheck? Well, first, my, you know, my grandmother's got a saying. She says, you've got to cut your coat by your cloth. And yep. I think it becomes very important to understand how much cloth you actually have. It starts with understanding how you will spend money and coming up with a basic budget. And a lot of people aren't used to building a budget, but as you move into this phase of life, you've got to take a look at how are we spending, what are we budgeting on. Try and get rid of as much debt as possible, which will continue to overhang you, which is a challenge, mm-hmm. by the way. Yeah, absolutely. And and so you sit down with an advisor, and the advisor has all sorts of really nice tools now that can help you mm-hmm. decide, okay, so if I have a health issue and it's going to cost X, how will that affect my overall picture? Yeah. And you start to play around with the things that life deals you. And then you come up with what would be a reasonable amount that you can spend. I wonder, though, um, Barry, people listening to you right now say, oh, yes, all right for that guy. He's a, he's a specialist in his field. He, you know, he's done a whole bunch of research on it, and he's, this is his living. But I might suggest to you that the average person who's working doesn't ever think about sitting down with an advisor about what they're going to do in their old age. But we should, shouldn't we? Well, I think you should. I think we have a misunderstanding of what advisors do. We think that they invest our money and then they make profits from it mm. and, uh, and and ride off into the sunset. But that's not actually what it is. I think today's modern advisor is more of a coach mm. than an advisor. It's somebody that gets you to understand your own situation and then works with you to put in a plan that suits you. So you say, well, it's great for people who have a lot of money. But I think advisors can also work with people who don't have a lot of mm. money simply to give them a clearer picture of where they are. When should, we be, when should we be seeing this advisor? I think there comes a natural point in your life, and I'm going to say around 40. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you shouldn't have one ahead of time, but 
I mean, let's face it. If you're just going to invest, you can probably go online and just invest online and not have to worry about talking to anybody. Mm -hmm. But there will come a point in your life when you decide, I need somebody to be an educator, Mm -hmm. a mentor, a coach, a guide. And and at that point, that's where the advisor can come in and really work with you as a partner. You use words like investing and saving. But I wonder, Barry, life gets in the way of all that, doesn't it? Because, you know, you've got kids, you've got your house, you've got mortgages, your kids come along and they want to borrow some money for you to get a house to get a mortgage. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you're 65 and you think, all I've really got is the roof over my head. So, Well, what an advisor does is advisor actually does three things. The first thing is that the advisor helps you clarify exactly where you are. And I think one of the issues people face is that they don't have that clarity. So they've just got this idea that... I can't put aside any money because uh, I don't have the money. And an advisor will help you understand what you, where you can find mm-hmm. money, where you can save money. Most often, the savings come from simply looking at your budget and deciding that maybe you don't need to smoke two packs of cigarettes a day. Or maybe you don't need to take those extra trips because the money that you spend now might, in fact... Uh, be uh, even more money in the future if you just hung on to it. Now, that doesn't mean that you sacrifice all of your life for the future. But it does mean just having an idea. If I'm going to spend money, I want to know that I've got the money to spend. How long have you been advising people, uh, Barry, about retiring? Uh, About 38 years now. Has it changed? Um, I mean, you know, when I look back to what my, my dad used to do, for instance, you know, he was a 40-hour-a-week guy and a uh, bit of overtime, and he lived sort of paycheck to paycheck, for want of a better word. And I can't imagine he'd ever come and see an advisor. But are you finding this younger generation, younger than you and I, are more uh, inclined to come and see people like yourself? Uh, no. And, and w- when I say I'm, you know, I've been advising people, I, I actually don't advise individuals. Mm-hmm. But uh, a lot of advisors take my work and then apply it to their work with their clients. I think that that people of any age should see or could see an advisor if the advisor can help them see the whole picture, set up a savings program. The earlier you start to set up a mm. savings program, the better it is. But I think people have this idea that advisors are just investment advisors. Are we more aware now, though, than what we were 20 years ago, 30 years ago? Um, well, the, the thing 20 years ago is that the, the train that was coming to hit you was way down the track. <laughs> yes. You know, you said, well, what's different now? Well, I think two things are different, Ken. I think the first thing is that the, the, the proximity of retirement to so many of us now has had us take a fresh look. It's great to plan for the future and talk about this thing called retirement. But retirement's here. It's on your doorstep. Second thing is that we are changing the way we look at retirement because it's not like retirement for your father, for example, where he Mm -hmm. works to 65 and then it's, he's going to have his holiday at the end. People realize you've got to keep working in order to stay sane. Another good point you raised there that, uh, you know, the golden age of retirement at the moment in New Zealand. What's it in Canada? It's at 65 here. Exactly the same, yeah. Okay, well, it's going to probably change. It's going to uh, push out as we need you know, which, more which and more money. Should, which yeah. it should, by the way. So should we retire at 65? I mean, here comes that day where you've worked for 40 years, 65 comes along. Should you be hanging your hat up and saying, well, that's my lot? Well, the question is, what are you going to do? And you mentioned that at the outset. Mm. What are you going to do? You know, you might say, well, I'm going to get the caravan and we're going to tour New Zealand and then maybe we'll try Australia next. And But we are not meant for leisure. We are not. 
leisure is a break from work and we mm. love our leisure but then if you had leisure every day 365 days a year for 30 years where's your break exactly so you know i think we have to relook at this and plus you know what ken leisure prolonged leisure is bad for your health yeah no i agree with you 100 percent there um married couples um do they have better retirement than single people do you think uh, again, it's what you make it. Um, retirement's very tough on relationships mm, for, a, for a lot of reasons. Yeah. So it's, it's it's probably no picnic. Um, I belong to a golf course in Canada where where our members, you know, they're out there seven days a week on the golf course, and most often they're married, but they're out there every day. And you say, why are you out here every day? And they said, well, it kills six hours. And I think their spouses wish it would kill 12 hours. <laughs> so um, I think that we tend to fill in the time and and we don't pay a lot of attention to our relationships the highest demographic for divorce in New Zealand is the 55 to 64 cohort great divorce is a huge issue and so it's not easy on relationships why is that well you get to a point and i i mean you know i i just think of the two numbers 24/7 um <laughs> you know true. i married you for love but yeah. not for lunch yeah uh, so that's a problem. It's a problem with communication. All of a sudden, you are sharing a life as opposed to both of you going off to work or one of you going off to work. And it's not easy. You don't even know this person half the time. You know them on weekends and holidays. Yeah. That's the thing probably we need to be a little bit more aware of, even probably more so than the financial side of it, because here you are, like you say, all of a sudden, 24-7, you're in each other's pockets. Yeah. Now, get- going back, just you asked about singles, too, yeah. because I think we should talk yeah. about that. Uh, the fact is that retirement's not a couple's issue as much as it's a single woman's issue. Mm-hmm. And and because we are, unfortunately, Ken, uh, much as we don't want to, we're a more likely to check out early. Yeah. Um, and so I think that being a single person in retirement, the onus is on you very much to make your own life and to take control. You make a point that uh, the benefit of working isn't just financial, it's good for your health. A lot of great research that's come out, some fascinating stuff. Did you know, for example, that compared to people who are working, people who are retired in leisure have a 25% more likelihood of a cardiovascular incident, 23% more likelihood of diabetes, about 30% more likelihood of a dementia issue. Uh, And interestingly enough, uh, for every year that you work past the age of 60, according to research that was done in Australia, you increase or decrease your likelihood of dementia by 1.7% per year. Hmm. Think about that. Because dementia is going to be one of our big issues. Sure. Do you know many people who are hanging out to retire? And when they got to that stage of retirement, they think, geez, I wish I hadn't retired. Yeah, yeah. In psychology, there's this thing called continuity theory, which basically says you are who you are. As you get older, you fall back more on who you are because it's our way of coping with the aging process. So you get these people who are, let's say you're an entrepreneur, self-employed, and you sell your business, and you sit on the beach or you do nothing. But that's not actually who you are. And you might be able to do that for a short period of time, but pretty soon you're going to be itching to get back and do something that speaks to who you actually are as a person. Mm. Now, in his article, Nick Stewart said you need to find four social hobbies. What do you think he means by that? Um, you need to pay attention to your, your relationships, to your activities, to work or a form of work which becomes more like leisure than anything else. 
and and also to your attitude or your view of the world. So we talk about social activities. Uh, I really take a close look at the power of relationships, you know, which would be family relationships, your social network, personal, as as one of the keys to healthy aging. And I think people tend to overlook the value of that in retirement. Mm. What about downsizing? Is that um, a prerequisite for having a happy retirement? I mean, I've got a big house. I love it. And the last thing I would ever want to do is have to downsize. Well, now, if we were to look out 10 years from now, is that house still going to be relevant to your needs? Mm. Because if it's got stairs you've got to climb, or if it's got a yard you've got to keep up or have kept up, it's got too much housework. If you can't just shut the doors and move away, and it's not close to family or proximate to relationships you have, then you might say, well, okay, it no longer fits my needs. But here's the problem. The longer you stay in your home, the harder it is emotionally for you to leave. Mm. So, you know, it's why you have so much trouble getting, say, your 90-year-old father out of the place he lives in. Because that's the home of all of his memories, and he's not leaving. Indeed. So what he's saying, automatically, uh, we get to a certain age, we should be thinking... At this time, almost like a retirement age, at this time we should be downsizing? Is, is there we a should be looking. Let's not call it downsizing as much as simplifying. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of people downsize because it does make their lives simpler. A lot of people look at these retirement villages, which I think are wonderful places, where, where the social network, the activity level, it's all provided for you. So you might want to look at that too. So it's simply just downsizing. You can downsize, but if you downsize and you don't have relationships around you, you don't like where you live, etc., that's just as bad as staying in the big house. Yeah, although those retirement villages, I'm not a fan of them because they're all old people in there. Ah, isn't that the problem? That is problem. Uh, actually, when you get in there, I think you find that those old people are pretty young. Yeah, <laughs> We've touched on it briefly while we spoke earlier, but relationships and health and retirement. What's important about that? Well, um, the the latest research now suggests that we get more of the building blocks of healthy aging, which Mm -hmm. would be the two hormones we produce, serotonin, the happiness drug, and dopamine, which is our feeling of being at peace with the world. We produce more serotonin and dopamine through our relationships than any other activity that we undertake. So um, there's a direct correlation between the robustness of your social network and the length of time you live. Just before we uh, get to the end of this program, Barry, just just recap for our listeners uh, the secret to a happy retirement. Give us the three top secrets in your the way you think. Okay, um, the first one is understanding the values that you have that are going to drive this phase of life, and look at retirement as an opportunity to do the things that make you feel good. So that would be the first. Mm-hmm. The second thing would be to pay close attention to the relationships that you have and nurture and support them, value them, build new relationships. And the third thing is feeling that you have some relevance. I think that we need a sense of achievement. We need to feel like we're doing things every day. We can't let our minds go to mush. And so it's, it's, it's having a sense of achievement every day for doing something that you think, hey, you know what? I did good. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Now, if we want to find out more about your philosophy on uh, the secrets to a happy retirement, where can we, where can we look? Why don't you contact the Stewart Financial Group mm-hmm. and um, go in and sit down with one of their advisors. I've worked with them very closely 
to help them understand my philosophy, and I've got a great relationship with them. And I think there's an opportunity there to sit down with your advisor. They won't sell you something, but what they will do is give you the clarity of where you are, the insight based on their understanding, and then work with you as a partner in this period of your life. Good on you, Barry. As always, our pleasure. You look after yourself. We'll talk to you same time, same place next time. All right. Hey, Ken, thanks. This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a volunteer-based community access station. For more information, go to www.radiokidnappers.org.nz. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this program available through funding the Access Internet Radio Project.